You're listening to InsuranceRadio.com. We sit down for personal conversations with the top insurance and financial advisors, executives, and regulators. Listen in to learn more about their ideas and personal stories at InsuranceRadio.com. This podcast is brought to you by AD Banker & Company. They help you meet your insurance continuing education deadline in ways not as boring as you'd think. Go to a live in-person class or choose a webinar, which will come to you. Learn more at adbanker.com. Troy Korsgaden is one of the insurance industry's most respected consultants and a highly sought-after speaker. For more than 20 years, he has been motivating and educating agency and carrier audiences ranging in size from 100 to over 3,000. Mr. Korsgaden is the founder of Korsgaden International, a leading insurance carrier consulting firm. He is also the author of many insurance agency how-to books, including Power Position Your Agency, a guide to insurance agency success. Say, Troy, thank you for dialing in this morning. It's great to visit with you again. Thanks for having me, Dennis. I'm excited. Say, I was just uh, reading over this past weekend your book, uh, Power Position Your Agency, A Guide to Insurance Agency Success. Uh, What was your motivation for putting this book together? And uh, weren't you kind of afraid that you were going to reveal all your secrets to all your competitors? (laughs) Well, I got to tell you, I wrote the book originally because I was traveling around the United States doing seminars. And uh, people would say to me, hey, what do I do next? And that was the big question. And so after about two years, I decided, hey, I'm going to write a book. And uh had a lot of benefits for me. I opened up and told all my secrets, unafraid, because I have a philosophy that competition is good as long as it's good competition. So whether I'm competing against an agent with a different carrier, whether I'm uh, competing against an independent agent, you know, I just want all of us in the industry to be on the same level playing field, and I love competition, so I'm not afraid to give any of my secrets. I don't keep anything back. See, I, I heard from one of the participants of your program the other day, uh, an audience member who commented uh, that uh, you had said that you're going to help those producers that were in attendance turn their wishes into committed goals. Uh, how do you go about doing that? Yeah, I want to give credit where credit's due. Jack and Gary Kinder were mentors of mine, and and, and Gary still is today. Uh, That was uh, a coin they phrased years ago, and I took it up. You know, there's no new antiques, and so I I use that phrase in the book. And the reason is is because everybody has a dream list, right? And everybody wants to be a big agent. They want to make a lot of money, uh, and they, you know, really want their business to grow. However... Uh, you've got to be committed. You got to have goals. You got to uh, have benchmarks, and you got to have something to go back to. You know, I, I know a lot of agents. Uh, we see a lot of agents over the years who've come through for training, uh, who get a fast start, and uh, they really go from the bottom to the top pretty quickly. But I, you know, I also notice others that uh, that kind of take a while to get their footing. And I had uh, read one time that uh, you took about nine years you were into the business in your agency, and you found yourself languishing and even considered going another direction. Uh, what was the turning point for you? What happened? Yeah, I write about it in Power Position, and Power Position still is a big seller. Uh, for some reason, it's got a cult following, but it's also a must-read in all the universities. And the reason is is because it's real foundational, and, and people can relate to what I went through. Uh, we've studied lots of agents, and the book talks about how I hit a brick wall about my seventh year. So from my seventh to ninth year, I really had to retool and really look at my agency. 
and I had an epiphany uh, because I realized I was spinning my wheels. I was doing more paperwork than people work. I basically had become a uh, administrative assistant to the company. I really wasn't on the offense. I was always on the defense. So what changed for me was I just stopped and decided I'm going to hire one person to make sure my chair is full, just like the dentist. The dentist doesn't make money off of teeth cleanings. Where they make their money is because everybody that comes in to get their teeth cleaned, X amount of them got a cavity, X amount of them need a tooth pulled, X amount of them need a root canal. You get the picture. I mean, the bottom line is you bring in enough people, it's a numbers game, and it still is today. Yeah. You know, I uh, I picked up uh, in, I think it was one of the early chapters of, of your Power Position book, uh, you talk about the blurred line between fear and motivation. Uh, yeah. What role do written goals have in motivating you and your team from fear to motivation? Yeah. You know, and, and today I have just written a new book, but just going back to Power Position, um, fear was a motivator for me because I got cut off the program with the company. Uh, they'd come to me and said, hey, it's time for you to start thinking about a different career, and that was really hurt, you know. And so I was motivated to get back on track with the company, not for me, but for the company, because I wanted that status with them to make sure that they gave me my subsidy program and whatnot. And fear, I think, if you really are honest with yourself, we all still have fears, whether it's our personal life or our business life. But in this case, in power position, you know, I was really motivated by fear, but fear alone can't keep you motivated. So goals written down are so important because you look at them every day. And when I go out and do my seminars, I talk about goals that you look at every day, profit and loss that you look at every day. And the reason is because a casino does a profit and loss every hour because they, they're not going to move forward until they know where they're at, where the money's at, where the sales are at. And our business is the same way. We're going to constantly stop and go, okay, where are we now today? Where are we going to be in a quarter, in a half a year, in a year? And written goals keep us on track. You, uh, you just mentioned a minute ago uh, about that epiphany that you had uh, while sitting in your dentist chair and how it uh, made you realize that you had to duplicate your efforts. And I think it was the origin of your agency contact representative. How did that right. uh, really change the trajectory of your agency? Yeah, it was really an epiphany. And, you know, in life, I think you only have a few of these aha moments, they call them now. I called it an epiphany back then when I wrote the book. And the reason it's still a big seller is because that aha moment, everybody can relate to it. I walked into the dentist office, and, man, I was stressed out. I didn't have time to come in and get my teeth cleaned. But the woman who set the appointment said, you know, tooth decay doesn't understand busy. Troy, let's get you in here to clean your teeth. Let's make sure you don't have a cavity. Let's make sure you don't have a cavity because a cavity left unchecked turns into a root canal. Troy, I think you get the picture. We need to do some preventative medicine. So I set the appointment up, and as I came into the dentist's office, the light bulb went off because there was somebody that greeted me at the door as I came in. There was somebody helping the dentist file. There was somebody answering the phones. There was somebody helping the dentist with their patients. But more importantly, I noticed that woman who had set the appointment with me through the window, and she was calling up people. And every person she talked to, Dennis, said, I'm too busy to come in. And every time she responded back the same way, huh. tooth decay doesn't understand busy. And I thought, wow, she's working off a script. And so I ran back home to my office, and I went, wow, i got to have one of these people work for me. And I hired somebody, and it just changed everything I did because I went on the offense, and being on the offense is more fun. You know, it, uh, that's uh, interesting. Uh, what is the, uh, the essential mechanics of this agency contact representative? What are they, what's the essential parts of their job? What do they do? Yeah, 
great question. I talk about it in the book. This person that works for me uh, works uh, from 2 to 7 every day. They don't work in the mornings, and they don't work late at nights. They call people, the majority of them at work, to get them to come in to do reviews, to come in for new business. They even call some prospects to come in. And then from 5 to 7, there's a lot of people who can't take a call during work. You know, they either work in an office where they don't allow personal phone calls or they work for the CIA and they can't take a call. So these people get called at home at night. But I want the majority of the calls during the day because that's when I do business, during the day. So if you call them during the day, they come in during the day. If you call them at night, they all want to come in at night. So I've been a real big proponent of making sure you're at home for dinner at least by 7 every night, and that is the way that I do it. Now, this person calls, and they have a percentage of calls that they call, X amount for existing clients, X amount for new business, and X amount for prospects. And the bigger your agency, the percentages change. You know, when you're hiring new people uh, for your team, that can be awful tricky business. Uh, what do you look for, uh, first and foremost, when you're out looking for new members to join your team? Yeah, I look for two things, and I still do it today. I did it back then, and I still do it today. Sharon and I, we run a real tight ship. Sharon runs the operation from day to day. She's awesome. And uh, what we look for is two things. Number one, uh, we look for people that have a good attitude. The old saying goes, you can't hire people uh, that have uh, an attitude and try to make them have a good attitude. You've got to hire people with good attitude. So that's number one. Number two is we look for people who want to grow. They want to be something more. And so when they come to work for me, if they haven't grown, I failed. But if I hire somebody that doesn't want to grow, it's kind of like polishing a pit. And so those two things, good attitude and want to grow. You know, in uh, your book, uh, you talk about uh, creating a high-performance team. Uh, that seems like a rather easy thing to talk about in theory, but well, what does an agency owner really have to do to put that uh, practice uh, into, uh, uh, into practice and become a reality? Yeah, number one, it's a commitment. Uh, number two, it is uh, hiring the right way. We have a philosophy called slow to hire, but quick to fire. And everybody's got to get along. We have no backbiting in the office. Now, I'm not going to tell you it wasn't that way in the early part of my career, but being disciplined, being committed, if you walked in here today, you, would, you wouldn't say, Troy, man, you got the smartest people on earth here. You guys are all smart. You'd walk away and you'd say to yourself, you know what? This is a great place to work. They're, they're having fun and they're productive, and that's really the key. It's just setting the culture and again, I give credit to Sharon because day to day she sets that culture tone and she does an awesome job. You know, and uh, it took me a few hours to go through your, your book, uh, Power Position of Your Agency. And I was just amazed that it seemed like over half of your books seemed to share real and practical suggestions on how to take charge of your agency's growth. And you kind of call it the nitty gritty of success. Uh, you had pieces, uh, make them come to you, ramp up with the annual review. Uh, the right to the approach, uh, market to your market, simplify, say, and, and see sales swell. Uh, you know, what can you tell our listeners about that process that you've built? Well, again, I go back to philosophy, right? Because everything you do in, in business is guided by your philosophy. So I like them to come to me. The reason I like them to come to me is because if I go out on an appointment, it's a half an hour there and a half an hour back. It's a half an hour for the appointment. Our appointments don't last over half an hour, so I can have three in the office or I can have one outside the office. It just makes better business sense for them to come here. Also, Dennis, I have all my tools here. 
I have my computers, I have my rating guides, I have everything here to help the client. The most important tool I have is my staff. And I can't pile 20 people into my car and go out and see a client. So I, I want to make sure they come to me. And it's better for them because this way I have more control and can get them in and out faster, and I don't waste their time. People don't like time wasters. The annual review has been one of the big cornerstones of my agency. We believe that you've got to meet with your client once a year to go over coverages, costs, and discounts. And, and the truth is people don't buy price. They buy from people they know and trust. And most of our clients will pay more to be with us because we get with them every year because the worst time to find out what type of insurance you have is at the time of claim. So we educate them. That's what the review does. And, you know, right at the point approach you talked about, at that, you know, it's just really face-to-face, belly-to-belly, and that people buy from people you know and trust. When we make a recommendation, many of our clients will do what we say. Do they all buy from us every time we see them? No, we don't sell during the review. We position ourselves for it. Now, when I say market your market, that just means we don't take all comers. You know, I'm not the lowest in town. There are companies that go after just the cheap, cheap, low, low, no coverage type policies. That's not me. So we market to people like us. We uh, we market to people we go to church with. We market to people who we went to school with. We market to people who we're in leads groups with. People just like us. People buy from people they know and trust, and they buy in a mirror. So we want to make sure that we do business with people like us. And then simplify, that's really what the book is about, and I think the reason it sells every year, year over year, it's just still a bestseller, is it does tell stories, and people love stories. But more importantly, I like it to be easy. I was out in Madison yesterday giving a talk to a group, and the guy just goes, man, you make this just so simple. And really, people don't want to be blown away by how much you know. They just want to know, okay, what can you do to help me? And make it easy for me. You know, when you have an agent, uh, they could be a new agent or they could be a veteran agent, uh, come up to you and and share to you, with you that they feel like their agency is stuck in the mud. Uh, what do you generally diagnose as their, as their most likely problem? Well, I'm going to give you a couple answers to that. Uh, the first one is most people get stuck in the mud because, and I call it hitting a brick wall, where every policy they write, they lose one out the back end. And there's a few things that they take an assessment, and we're really big into assessment. Even today, with all the policies, premium and PIF that we have, policies in force, we constantly assess where we're at. And it's always putting on the next staff person because there's a correlation. The more staff you have, the more growth you have. So generally, if they haven't staffed up properly or they've put on the wrong people, if they're a veteran. And number two, they just really have not stayed on the offense in everything that they do. So you gotta, you got to be a good servicer. I believe in service first and then earn the right to put more products in a household. But they just became lulled into just doing and going through the motions. So you got to be committed to growth. Part of that staff and part of it is the way that you use your scripts. It's the way that you train your people. It's the way that you come into the office. And when I personally get into a loan, believe me, I'm a human being. It's because I just let my guard down and I didn't put on my game face. And as I use in my seminars, I just say, hey, every day, get up, dress up, and then make sure you're ready to go. You know, it uh, sounds to me like a powerful program that uh, will make a meaningful difference to, to anybody who uh, takes the time to uh, pick up a copy and read. Uh, what would be the best way for, our, if our listeners would like to pick up a copy, what's the best place for them to go and, uh, and uh, get a copy for them to, to incorporate into their agency? Fantastic. 
fantastic. Thanks, Dennis. It's coursegaden.com. That's K-O-R-S-G-A-D-E-N.com. And then go to the section that has the books, and we have e-books available online that you can download onto your iPad or your Kindle or whatever you use. And that's really popular today, and people just really love it because it's easy and it's, uh, you know, automatic. Troy, thank you so much for uh, taking the time uh, to uh, call in and visit with us today, and uh, uh, we hope to hear from you again soon. Thanks, Dennis. Have a great day. Oh, hi. You're still here. Say, if you are interested in reaching thousands of licensed insurance producers across the country, why not consider sponsoring a guest podcast? If you had sponsored this episode, we would be telling thousands of listeners daily about you and your company. Find our contact information to request prices and availability at insuranceradio.com.